and welcome to another jam-packed edition of the municipals rising taxes are probably a reality i'm a big advocate of change not change for change's sake change when something isn't working i'm sure the ndp wishes that they had a less embarrassing federal partner to work with right now don't vote can't pitch the moment we go to an election is the end of prime minister justin trudeau And welcome to another brand new edition of the Municipals. I'm Matthew. I am the man formerly known as Philip, and also currently. <laughs> oh man, we got a lot of stuff to get to, but uh, tell me, you know, how's uh, how's it been since the last time we sat down to do one of these things? Uh, you know, I've been chilling. Okay, uh, so I will give a quick shout out to my, I'm going to call him my, my campaign manager by default, my brother Simon. It was his birthday yesterday. Uh, you know, so uh, I toddled my way over to my dad's house to present to him a couple of gifts. One of them is a game that I've been playing pretty obsessively the last few weeks. It's a. Uh, I'm not, guys, I can't just describe the series because it's it's going to take forever. It's Ace Attorney. If you know what I'm talking about, it's, it's a visual novel where you play as a lawyer, and I just love that shit. Anyways, uh, so I met up with my brother, and then he was going somewhere. So I went with them back onto the bus to Victoria Park Station. And he had come up. So at first, okay, I'm going to bring this up. So, Matthew, you're aware that they're just about to come out with a, a Law & Order, like, Toronto edition. Yeah, I was going to check it out. So I, I thought he was referring to us having like a segment on our show where we watched the episode and we reviewed it. And I thought he was saying to me like, Oh, you have to have me on the show to do that. And I'm like, that'd be so fun. I would love to do that. I think he wants us to do like a separate podcast where we specifically review the, the Toronto uh, law and order. I'll, I'll figure it out with him, but anyways, well, I mean, we can do that and just keep it under the same thread. I th I think it would be funny for us to like to to review the show, you know, especially with a tagline something like, you know, the universe where the Toronto police actually gets them. <laughs> oh, you know, it's funny you mentioned video games. I have no idea what fucking video game you were talking about, but <laughs> um, I happened to show my son. There's a, a Mario sixty four. Uh, Super Mario 64 walkthrough on YouTube and we're watching it and we're like 15 or 17 stars in and he turns to me and goes dad why don't you just get the game and I'm like <laughs> you know that's a great idea I have the console I just need to get the game yeah I know you do so I went to the our local flea market because I, I I love the fact that flea markets because I, I don't I don't like it when shit I love it when shit can be, you know, recycled instead of going to the landfill. I'm I'm big about that. But lo and behold, I go to the 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 fucking place and there's the video game place is it's gone out of the flea market. So now I got to find another flea market with uh with those video games. Wait, okay. Are you looking for like the N64 cartridge? Or Correct. Oh, cuz I mean, okay. So here's a fun little tidbit for you. Uh, Nintendo actually released um, a three-game collection on the Switch. 
that was Mario 64, uh, Mario Sunshine, and Mario, Mario Galaxy. I thought it was RPG. So they've they've re-released that as well on okay. Switch. They've they've done a bunch of stuff. I because I know you got your kids switches for Christmas. Um, yeah. So I, I know these games are available. Now the thing about the Mario 64 Sunshine Galaxy kind of collection was they did this very stupid thing where they made it kind of a limited time only print. So it's not in print anymore, but I'm pretty sure you can still find a copy somewhere for like not a ridiculous amount of money. I'll have to look into that. And, uh, you know, before we go on, I actually want to give a shout out to the Groundhogs in North uh, North uh, America. You know, I think this is the first year in a while that all three of them are uh, unanimous. And we're going to have an early spring, Philip. You know, I, I do have to say, I was going to say, I didn't know the result of the Groundhog thing. But uh, I would say, look, looking outside, most of the season, I think we could have assumed what we were going to have. You got, you might have a point there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I would tell you who it would be a surprise to. Uh, fucking Brad Bradford and his heavy emphasis in, I think it was last week's council meeting. We'll, we'll get there. I know you took a lot of heavy notes on on last week's, not last week, the the week before his council meeting, where he brought a 500 person petition about the tobogganing signs to get rid of them. You know what's funny is that the park that he seems really, I, yeah, we're gonna get to it later, but the, <laughs> yeah, park, yeah. the park that he seems really pissed off about is Eastland Park. I don't know if you've ever been there. So, long story short, I'm I've got into this before, but um. It's not a it's, so it's not a secret that I used to be in foster care and we so I used to live in a foster home that was at Danforth and Logan and one of my he's now former but one of my best friends at the time uh, lived at like just past Coxwell and and Danforth. We used to go to the McDonald's a lot and we used to go to East Lynn Park all the fucking time. But I don't ever remember tobogganing in Eastland Park. They used to make this was man-made. It wasn't fucking the city, but there was a patch, a huge patch. Um, I think it was closer to the playground where it would be like a huge sheet of ice, and we would play hockey on that sheet of ice. It was big enough to to play a, a full game of hockey. Uh, shinny, obviously, right? Um, but yeah, those those are my memories of Eastland Park. There is like a slope, but it's nothing like say Riverdale. Like if they, I, if they outlawed Riverdale, I, that's something I'd be pissed off about. When you want a toboggan and you live in East York, you go to fucking Riverdale Park. And I, I think the main okay, <laughs> my to to bring it full circle, my main issue with Brad Bradford's focus on you know the the tobogganing signs and the the windrow clearing you know this seems like the weakest winter to to be so heavily focused on these services especially when my understanding of the toboggan signs is less that they're about outlawing sledding and more the city saying you know we don't endorse this it's a liability thing right that's that's been my understanding. Well, I mean, 
whatever about the tobogganing. I think I we disagree on the windrow clearing, uh, but that's based on the fact that I drive and you don't. But we'll get into that later. Um, as Philip alluded to, you know, guys, we have uh, I took ridiculously uh, in depth notes, but we're gonna get to that later on in the in the the main event of the show. <laughs> Uh, but for now, I just, I just, I had some observations I wanted to start with. And as always, sometimes I like to start at the top. So we're going to start at the federal level. Ooh, so, okay. so I, and, and I got to say, before we start, Phil, you are rubbing off on me. Not in a good way. I'm spending oh. more time on Twitter. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> that, that is rubbing on you in all the wrong ways. Like, uh, like I've constantly thought to myself, especially this week, I gotta, I gotta take a social media break, and it's entirely because of how like fucking goblin mode I am on Twitter, when it's just, oh god, the stupidest fuckers are on Twitter, and I just see them, and I just, I lose my shit, and I go goblin mode. See, the only difference is, is that you can't help yourself but respond. Where I'll just, <laughs> I'll just see it, and then I'll, I'll screenshot it. Because I want to talk about Oh, that's it. smart. Oh, that's smart. Oh, I should be doing that way more often. So I don't know if you caught this. This was on Twitter. Um, I don't know how long ago it was. I don't know if it was in the last week or two or month or last year. Uh, but apparently our prime minister. Oh, I hate that. Uh, Justin Trudeau. <laughs> he made a What state- do you mean? Your boy. <laughs> yes. He made a statement in parliament during question period. Uh, something to the effect that Polyev, which he said, well, the official leader of the opposition, uh, said he wants to make Canada great again. Ah, fuck. And then Justin Trudeau said, he responds, but Mr. Speaker, that is not what Canadians want. (sighs) (laughs) Oh, my God. This guy cannot get out of his own way. He cannot. he, He keeps stepping on his own dick. (laughs) <laughs> your thoughts has, I, I, listen, oh I know i know the phrase is tied to trump i understand that part of it but to say that you know we also okay listen listen <laughs> that's that's that is the entirety of the thing it's listen okay i i, I will i'll start by saying trudeau really should have thought just five seconds harder you know, before he's, he opened his mouth, because, of course, he had to have known that the soundbite of Canadians don't want Canada to be great. It's like, oh, Justin, you you sweet. I, I'm saying you sweet summer child, but you've been the, the prime minister of the country for we're we're closing in on a decade. You cannot be this naive, like just truly you can't. Oh, like, my God. Am I wrong that it's just OK. Because when you'll when Justin Trudeau accuses the conservatives of of bringing American style politics to Canada, you know it's he's he's referring to you know I want to say the hyper polarization of everything, the sloganing more than. Uh, legislating, I get, I get what they're saying, and then of course you get a bunch of people being like, "Uh, 
You mean bringing American politicians to Canada? No, that's not bringing American politics to Canada. So, and then, of course, immediately after, and this isn't, this isn't on Trudeau, and I'm not even putting this on Polyev, the, the stupider segment, I want to say, of online commentary, who immediately latched on to the make Canada great again. Like, there's, it's, you know, you're excited for that. There's no ethos there. That is just Donald Trump. And that obviously is the big issue. But the main thing you're pointing out and is absolutely correct. Justin, why would you say that? Just, again, just Canadians are going to laugh at you. Even especially, the ones even the ones who know what you're saying will laugh at you. Especially it being in Parliament on record it's recorded yes 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 that was stupid that's never going away that no it listen and at what point listen we we just have i've accepted i'm sure you'll be happy to accept that whenever this next election comes whether the ndp pulls their support at the end of this month with the pharmacare situation which they I'll, I could talk about that for a while, but, um, you know, or if it goes until 2025, the, the whole time of the supply and deal confidence agreement or whatever, um, God damn it. We're going to, we are going to get a poly of government and it will be based on sound bites like this. Well, it's funny. You should mention that because I, we've talked about this next part before, at least twice. However, this time, this time there's a caveat and it has to do with his father, Pierre Elliott Trudeau. So I pulled this next quote. I'm going to read from Wikipedia. Hate me if you must, but I went to Wikipedia and it says on the, it says this on February 29th, 1984, a day after what he described as a walk through the snowy streets of Ottawa, Trudeau announced he would not lead the Liberals into the next election. He was frequently known to use the term walk in the snow as a trope. He claimed to have taken a similar walk in December 1979 before deciding to take the Liberals into the 1980 election. So, um, my prediction, and I, I, I need to hear what you have to say on this. <laughs> I'm not saying he's going to resign, but I'm saying Justin Trudeau will make an announcement on dun dun February 29th of 2024. He's either going to straight up resign, but I don't believe he will, or he's going to announce that he will not seek re-election, which will trigger a very short leadership. Uh, uh, what do you call them? Things a leadership leadership uh, campaign. What do you think about history repeating itself 30, what is it, 35, 30, I can't do the math, uh, all these years later? Okay. 38 I years. I think it's 38 years, yeah. I'm not doing the math. I'm not a math person. <laughs> you know, when Justin Trudeau said the budget would balance himself, I believed him. Because that's how numbers just work for me. No, I'm joking. But... Um, <laughs> I I don't want here's the thing and I I don't think there's anything that can be done to change the course at this point 
I personally don't want a conservative government because it conflicts with my ideals. I don't think I don't think at this point the liberals would be able to shore a reversal of their fortunes. And not not that I'm like rooting for the liberals, as you know. I've I've said before, my bias in partisanship is anti-conservative. So not even Sean Frazier can save him. Here's the thing. I personally like Sean Frazier. I don't think the party is going to give him a chance to run for leader. Like when people talk about a leadership campaign for the liberals, they bring up Christian Freeland. Um, they bring up um, who's that? It's a name you've asked me about before, um, but I've already forgot. <laughs> I can't remember now that it's, but it's... Any, my main point is I, I think of all the current uh, liberal cabinet members, uh, including the prime minister, the only person who is consistently out there with messaging, with like any sort of movement where government feels like it's so slow and nothing happens. We constantly hear from Sean Frazier. We constantly hear from the housing file. We constantly are hearing now of the starts of new projects. And of course, here's the problem with those projects. They're going to take years to actually bear fruit. That's the thing about infrastructure projects. They're not popular because they take time and people are stupid. And they, you know, they they want immediate results. I believe they call uh, that I believe they call that instant gratification. That's right. Um, and I just think no one right now is getting as positive press for the liberal government, for the federal liberal government as Sean Frazier. And I think it would just make sense for him to be the leader of the party because he seems like he gets it. So what and do you I don't but I don't think the liberal brass will allow it to happen. I don't know why. But his name just never comes up when they talk about leadership possibilities. So what do you say about my prediction? Um, right, I guess I didn't fight back against you skipped, that. You skipped over that part. <laughs> I did. Well, it's only because I I always feel like a lot of the... Again, I, I know I repeat myself a lot on this. I don't think Justin Trudeau is the best leader that we've ever had. I also don't think he's the worst. I don't think he's as, I don't think he's as narcissistic as some on the right point about to be at the same time. What I say, what political leader has actually had the courage to uh, resign uh, when things got bad. But now I, I I'm unintentionally giving a shout out to Alberta UCP's Jason Kenny. <laughs> who resigned when things were looking bad. Well, I mean, also, I don't know what it was like in 84. I was two years old, but uh, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, technically that's a resignation. He said he wasn't going to seek re-election. Well, and then I guess Justin Trudeau doesn't even need to say he won't seek re-election. He just has to be not the leader anymore. Um because maybe maybe he's a maybe he is a popular MP in Gatineau. Maybe he could keep holding that seat for the Liberals, you know. But he doesn't have to be the leader of the party. Uh, 
I, I just, I can't wait to see what happens. What are we now? Uh, you know, it's about what? 10, 10, 11 more days. Hopefully this will be out before February 29th. That's the plan anyway. <laughs> so before we move on, uh, it's, it's a sidebar. Again, I was on Wikipedia and I found this and I thought it would be very interesting just to hear your thoughts. Maybe, maybe we can discuss it for a quick moment. So this was under Pierre Elliott Trudeau on July 14th, 1976. After a long and emotional debate, Bill C-84 was passed by the House of Commons by a vote of 130 to 124, abolishing the death penalty completely and instituting a life sentence without parole for 25 years for first-degree murder. That happened under Pierre Elliott Trudeau. That... Oh, I mean... Oh, you're just going to shake your head. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was, I was waiting for, like... Okay, and I, no, I think... I'm complimenting him. I know, I know that's. Oh, weird. okay, okay, okay. I, I, I wasn't sure because listen, I, I think this is one of those things where it's like, it depends on where you land. If you think the death penalty is a good or bad thing, and I, I think a lot of people, I, I wanted to say, progressive, but I mean progressive in the sense of like, society moves forward. I know progressives have a lot of. <laughs> have a lot of ideas, but um, I mean, I consider myself progressive, but I, I think it's a, it was a, it's a relatively mainstream idea that the death penalty sucks. I just, I, this is, this is me showing my ass. I, <laughs> I always thought we didn't have the death penalty. I didn't know that we had it and then it was abolished. Um, and now, you know, I'm an adult being through what I went through. There are situations that I would wish we had the death penalty. If I'm, being, <laughs> if, if I'm, if I'm being honest, listen, if this were a comic, because that's what we do were, here, right? Listen, we tell, we tell if, the truth here. If there were, if this were a comic book, this, after you said, uh, there are situations where I wish we could go through the death penalty. It would be like the little orange block. that's like for information, see last episode. <laughs> You know, and, and that's just how I feel. Right or wrong, that's how I feel. And and I mean, that's what you and I have sworn to do here is tell the truth, no matter whose feelings we hurt. And and before we go any further, because believe me, we are going to lay the smack down on some of these <laughs> people. I, you listen, you and I were we're we're good people. We don't hate anybody. None of these people were. I don't even. I, I strongly dislike the job that Justin Trudeau does. I don't hate him as a person. I I hate the way he does his job. I hate his ration of thinking. I, I don't like his ideology. If 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 it if that's what it is, I don't have a problem with him. I'm pretty sure we could have beers one day and shoot the crap and, and nothing, nothing would happen, you know? Um, and that goes for every, even the city councilors. I, I like, I like all of them, maybe not one, but uh, <laughs> I don't have a problem, but like you and I swore to do when we started this show, whether we like them or not, if we see something, we got to call it out, whether we like them or not. 
Um, does it suck if we do like them and they do something and we have to call it out? Absolutely, it sucks. Do we have a little bit of fun if someone we don't like does something and we get to call it out? Yeah, that's more fun. <laughs> but either way, we have to do it. Correct? It's great because they don't stop doing bad things. <laughs> okay, so getting back to current federal politics. Next up is Jagmeet Singh. Oh, so shit. This is a bit of an old story because we haven't we haven't recorded in two weeks. So uh, Jagmeet was making comments about um, it, he's a he's a he's an MP for the conservatives. I think his name is Sean Reed. Is it Sean Reed? Oh, is this? Are you referring to the giant tiger? Yes, uh... yes, I am. So he made comments about. Uh, what he calls uh, an MP who sits as a member of the board of directors for giant tiger, whose father it's, it's Scott Reed, Scott Reed. Sorry. Whose father, sorry about that, Scott, whose father just so happened to be one of the founders or the, the sole founder. I'm not sure how that works uh, of giant tiger, which if for those of you living under a rock, giant tiger is a quote discount, uh, kind of like a walmart but not so much they have some clothes they have some food they have some you know other stuff i i shop in there maybe twice a month i I like it um and uh so i have some screenshots of stuff i just gotta find them so just bear with me for a minute if you wanted to say anything on this before i get into it I, no, I, I think I got to wait for you because, um, like, there's a lot I can say about Jagmeet Singh, so I think I got to wait for, for specific uh, screenshots. Okay, hold on here. Oh, yes, here I've got it. So, Jagmeet Singh's Twitter says, uh, breaking, one of Pierre Polyev's MPs has been blocked from voting on my bill to lower grocery prices due to a conflict of interest. Um, The conflict of interest commissioner ruling has exposed his deep ties to corporate grocery that has profited millions. And then your favorite MP or MPP, you know who I'm talking about, Lisa McLeod. Oh, yeah, I hate her. (laughs) <laughs> um she writes Jagmeet. Sorry, sorry, quick pause before you continue. Uh after Matt had his whole spiel about how we don't hate anyone, and for the most part, for the most part, that's true. Um I'm very sorry to say I do not hold that separation for Lisa McLeod. Sorry, you can continue. We all have one. Mine's Michael Thompson. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Lisa McLeod writes, Jagmeet, shame on you. It's a local Ottawa family-owned discount success story called, wait for it, Giant Tiger. Scott Reed has integrity and has served Eastern Ontario for decades as a community leader and builder. I am so disappointed in you. Um, Do you want to comment on hers? Because I have uh, other people who, I mean, I copied their their tweets because I thought they were hilarious. Listen, do you want to find find someone else? Because anytime I hear Lisa McLeod criticize anyone else about anything, 
I want to tell her to shut the fuck up. I, I, <laughs> there's no MPP who has been like there. Are, there are MPPs who are useless, who do nothing. She has been consistently damaging to the platforms that she has been put on. When Matthew referred to me as going off on, you know, people this week, he's talking about me going after fucking Lisa McLeod because she sucks and I hate her. Don't you um, have some tweets to read uh, from her? Oh, almost definitely. But it, I, I think it boils down to, and I, I think I've tweeted this at her more than once, so I didn't even have to be specific. Um, I love to tweet her her failures until I, I made a point where I was like, listen, I just have to mute her account because it is it's just bad for my mental health. But I'll you know, the things that I bring up were when he when she comes out of uh, Queens Park with the fake tears and she's like, but, but the liberals, they failed 20,000 children. And, and then, of course, now the the autism services waitlist number is 60,000. So uh where your tears for the fact that you've tripled that number, Lisa McLeod. And then when she got drunk at an Ottawa Senators game and she said, uh, I'm your minister and you're a fucking loser. Like she's just awful. You give her any amount of power. And that's the thing. Doug Ford, give him his credit, give him his flowers. Wow. You know, um, he didn't keep her in cabinet after realizing that, she, any file that he put her on, lead on, she made worse. I say that constantly about conservatives, but I, I don't think anyone is consistently just damaging as Lisa McLeod. So I, I apologize that perhaps she, she, I, I think Jagmeet Singh is wrong on his criticism of the, the giant tiger guy. Get anyone else but Lisa McLeod to say it. You know, since you brought it up, uh, sidebar for a second. <laughs> How many times? Because uh, I, I, what I do is uh, when I'm on Facebook, I'll I'll go to the videos and I'll scroll through the videos. How many times have you seen uh, Miley Cyrus accept her Grammy for flowers? That <laughs> since we recorded last, obviously because the Grammys took place in between. I've probably seen it maybe. 250 times. You know, the funny thing is I also do participate in, I want to say short form videos, but I think this has to be like an older millennial thing, right? Because I've never downloaded TikTok, So it's not the format I'm used to, but I will sit on Facebook and watch like scroll through those shorts or YouTube I love them. videos. I love them. Go through those. I don't even know. Listen, Matthew, I don't even know if I can say that. I don't even know if I like them. I, it's just you shut your brain off and you're just like, haha. I love them uh. until listen, <laughs> I, I'm mad enough to say this. So I'll admit this. Last night I was doing it and I was in a weird mood. And then, you know, I watch, you know how you watch one movie and because you watch it instead of just scrolling by it, then they'll give you more of the same video. Yeah. So, so I happen to watch. One where uh, someone from the army was coming back. It's like a surprise. And then they kept giving to me. And motherfucker, then I found one that I sat there and I'm like, and all of a sudden I started crying. <laughs> I Anyway, I thought I would share that. Listen, I, I apologize. It's not a laugh. 
I'm not laughing at you for that because listen, we got we're real people. Uh, I I think it's what am I trying to say? I'm not laughing at you, Matthew. It's what is what I'm getting at here. It's okay. I have thick skin in anyway, so but I appreciate you uh uh letting me know that. So listen, <laughs> before we run out of time, let me uh before our first break, let me get some of these tweets in. And um, if you want to say anything, just stop me. So a guy named Steven Taylor with a blue check mark writes uh, in response, Giant Tiger has done more for low-income families than you ever will. Ta- he's talking to Jagmeet Singh, just so we're clear. Yeah, 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 yeah. A guy named Brahms Lee with a blue check mark writes, <laughs> writes uh, Jagmeet, time to vote no confidence. Save what little face you have. How do you face your family and your own electorate? How can you even look in the mirror? Uh, now, a guy named uh, Eno Retta with a blue check mark writes, due to a conflict of interest with Trudeau, you should be blocked from voting on your own bill. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I think um, he's just saying because you're working with Trudeau in the um, in the it's not like a it's not a it's well the thought out. thing, right? No, That's... I I don't think he's I think he's just saying like, oh, you and Trudeau have your supply agreement, you shouldn't vote on anything. I don't <laughs> think it's it's a smarter thought than that. Okay, and then someone named Blonde Bigot with a blue check mark <laughs> writes writes, "What's that? I couldn't hear you over the sound of the sucking." <laughs> Matthew <laughs> Why are you reading the comments? Listen, no, it's 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 funny that you brought them up, but it just makes me laugh that you're reading a comment from someone who refers to himself as a blonde bigot. Oh, it gets better. So, some guy named Scott Larock with a blue check mark writes, "Should we do an audit on your connections next?" And then he's hashtag glass houses. I mean. <laughs> Jagmeet Singh already fell with that when, you know, his wife was outed as a as a landlord. And I got I got two more before we we take our break. Uh some guy named Rowan Th- uh the Stallion with a blue check. Oh, I know mark. who that guy is. He he writes, "Hey dumbass." Oh, <laughs> oh, you love that. Owning a giant tiger is the competition you constantly champion against your boogeyman Galen Weston that you can't stop harassing, right? Question. You know mark. what you know what sucks? Here's the thing. <laughs> I I recognize the name of some of these like commentators you you bring up, including like Rowan. And I I think I think for the most part these guys are morons. Okay? Here's the issue. Jagmeet Singh does something so stupid that it's easy for them to hop on this guy's like absolutely take okay. me <laughs> one more one more <laughs> so this one is fun acceptable views with a blue check mark <laughs> and it and it's it she said or this person's i don't know who it, a man or female whatever the person says it's a canadian discount store and thank goodness for stores like it at least it's affordable how's your rolex jaggy me truly, as far as the image of working class politics goes, 
we couldn't have picked a worse representative than Jagmeet Singh. And I just mean based on his desire to look good. I don't, you know, most people wouldn't put him down for it. Most people would probably be like, yo, that's dope. If you weren't the leader of the supposed pro-working class party. Absolutely. And we're going to continue this uh, when we come back on the other side. And we're back. And uh, yeah, so as far as Jagmeet's comments go, I don't know if he's got Trudeau's disease. And by that, I mean him as well stepping on his own dick. I, I don't know what's going on here, but you would think they would at least at minimum get out of their own way. Like, here's the thing. I I don't think Jagmeet is wrong. When he goes on the offensive about grocery profits, you know, because we've seen during the pandemic, um, grocery stores are constantly making record profit. They brag about it in these reports that come out. I don't think he's wrong, but then he focuses on the wrong target, which is, yes, exactly. You know, again, Giant Tiger is the kind of store that we want to encourage well do you have one near you oh yeah just down the street on kennedy interesting um like giant tiger i mean obviously it's so corporate whatever so it's it's not perfect but it's you know it's better than walmart it's better than loblaws you know like pick pick your targets pick your battles jagmeet this was stupid and with that, we're going to move along to um, kind of a difficult, sensitive subject to talk to talk about. But I want to be in the know. I'm not in the know. So I'm going to ask questions. I apologize in advance if I offend anybody, because believe me, it's not my, what I'm trying to do. And if I wanted to offend people, I think it would be pretty easy for me to come up with something. So I just want to preface that. And, of course, I want to talk about what happened at Mount Sinai Hospital. I don't know if it was a few days ago or last week or whenever it was. So I think it was last Monday. Right. So what I'm told is, like, there was a protest that was on its way to somewhere. And they, they went by uh, Mount Sinai Hospital. And they have um, one of those. Uh, it's like a scaffolding. Off- scaffolding or awning that's attached to the building and they climbed it and they were waving the Palestinian flag. Now I, I I'm what I'm failing to understand is why that's considered anti-Semitic because apparently what I'm told is that Mount Sinai hospital was founded by four Jewish women. I didn't know that I've lived here my whole life and I didn't know Mount Sinai hospital was a quote unquote Jewish hospital or whatever the term is. Again, not trying to be disrespectful. Um, but if I didn't know that, how is the general public supposed to know? Not that like I know everything. That's not what I'm saying. But like, if I didn't know it, you didn't know it. You know, Pete in accounting didn't know it. That that's a joke. Um, how how is the general public supposed to know that it's a quote unquote? Jewish hospital to begin with and then and and this may be hard to hear and and again I apologize 
So simply waving a flag of an opposing country is considered wrong. Um, would the same reaction, would we get the same reaction if we went to the Ukrainian consulate and started waving Russian flags? I'm just curious. I don't know. I want to be informed. I am uninformed. So please inform me. <laughs> I, I think this, the problem is, I think we need some smarter people to, to walk us through this. But the thing is, I I don't agree with the assessment that people have brought up to say that it's anti-Semitic. And I, I know you're more on the line of how is it anti-Semitic? It's Mount Sinai Hospital is in the middle of the protest route. The protest route that is led by, you know, my much aligned Toronto police. But it's it's a very constant place along the route. This um this particular person, uh, he supports Palestine, he wears a Spider-Man outfit. He climbs structures on the parade route, including a lamppost on the way. Actually, you know, it started as if I was going to, you know, list more things. I actually, I, I don't know what else he climbed during that. But it was, I know, at least a lamppost and the scaffolding at Mount Sinai Hospital. Now, I think the thing is, is people are saying different things that happens. Now, from someone I know who went to that protest, it was a guy who just climbed up and waved a flag. People didn't even, people who are at that march didn't even realize that this was a thing that people are blowing up about. Then you've got people claiming that uh, the protesters entered the hospital and intimidated staff. I don't I don't believe that. And I, I say I don't believe that because people a lot of people are outraged at simply the footage of the person climbing the hospital. If that's not you know, if that's enough to outrage you, I guess that's fine. But you don't have to make up stuff to be outraged about. Did you say the police were there? The police lead the protests. Okay, well, so sorry, 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 to be clear. Um, you know, there's a route that they go through and the police of course have to clear the streets. Okay. So theoretically go with me for a second. If they did enter the hospital and they were harassing staff and the police are right there. Hello. Every one of them would have been. Arrested. <laughs> Am Actually, I wrong? That's funny. I didn't, even, I didn't even think about that. That's, that's a great point. Every one of um, them would have been arrested. Yeah. Well, not, I think there would have been too many people to arrest everyone, but there would have been. Yeah. Reports by the police. Because they were right there. That's a great point. I didn't even think about that. It's and again, I, I also want to preface for anyone who's still listening who didn't shut it off when we started talking about this. I am not Jewish. I am not Palestinian. I have no dog in this fight. I only seek to understand so that I may be informed. And I I in fact I, I would almost want to present it as the question here is, are people calling this anti-Semitic based on, you know, sort of hearing on the the vine, you know, the, the broken telephone? Are they 
hearing about this intimidation that my understanding didn't happen. Um, because I there was someone who was Mark Saunders, like part of his mayoral campaign. And I, I think I'm going to quickly find the tweet um, while I'm talking and being silly. And I hope I can see her face uh, so that I'm not just toiling over my myself. Well, you do that. I'm going to read Justin Trudeau's tweet on the on the incident. Uh, he writes, the demonstration at Mount Sinai Hospital yesterday was reprehensible. Hospitals are places for treatment and care, not protests and intimidation. I strongly condemn this display of anti-Semitism in Toronto and across Canada. We stand with Jewish communities against this hate. Um, Sarah Jama quote tweeted Justin Trudeau. And as you know, she's the MPP for... I can't remember where, but I believe Hamilton Center. Okay. And she writes, This is bonkers. Bonkers is in capital letters. I was there last night, and that's not what happened. People are doing all they can to get you to stop sending weapons to Israel in our names. You've shown no leadership, and over a million Palestinians have, or, or a million Palestinians being ethnic ethnically cleansed stop tweeting do something useful <laughs> it's a good tweet sarah <laughs> okay so i found i did find the tweet that i was looking for um it's from larissa waller okay. and i i know she was working with mark saunders's mayoral campaign i don't know in what capacity but she tweeted uh, did she see the same video we all saw? And if so, are you kidding me? This is in response to Amira Al-Gawabe. I believe she is the federal... Oh, Canada's special representative on combating Islamophobia. Um, like, she had a fairly long tweet about, you know, the events at the hospital not being anti-Semitic. So Larissa Walter responds with, did she see the same video we all saw? And if so, are you kidding me? Now... I responded to this tweet with a simple question of what did you see in the video? I I know, I know, listen, as I just said on Twitter, I come, I turn super goblin mode and I come off as very abrasive. But in these moments, I genuinely want to know if they've seen a video that's different from the video that I've seen. The video that I've seen simply is like a TikTok style video. It's just got the caption like, this is the craziest shit I've ever climbed. And it's like the one guy going up onto the, the hospital. If there's video, you know, where they're saying that these hospitals, the hospital staff and the patients were being harassed, you know, that would be something worth, that would be something worth fighting back against, you know? But that, as far as I can tell, that's not what happened. Uh, go ahead, continue. So, I mean, I said that to um, this person who was working with the Mark Saunders campaign. Uh, there's one other person who I who I asked it to. Um, I'm going to see if I can find that, actually. But it's just, I don't know. It's It's weird. It's just, it's the weirdest. This whole thing is weird. And I don't know, for example, if you've seen, I mean, this is more, you were talking specifically about this one incident that people have labeled as anti-Semitic that 
I I reject that because I I don't believe that that's the intention. Um, but then we've had New York Governor. I don't know if you saw this. New York Governor uh, Kathy Hochul. Never heard of she, her. <laughs> uh, as far as I can tell, she's a she's a terrible governor of New York. And well, they got one thing right this week. But anyway, go on. <laughs> I'm gonna find out what that is. I'm sure in a moment. But um. So she basically made these comments that was if Canada were to decide to attack Buffalo the next day, there would be no Canada. And I just think that's and she's saying that as if that's like the natural reaction. And it's you know, this is obviously tied to Israel and and Palestine, but it's like I, I thought it was a great statement for her to say to reveal how unhinged it all sounds. You know, she's uh, a stupid question. Is she Republican? That's the thing. I'm pretty sure she's a Democrat. Well, that would make sense because of the, <laughs> the, the good thing. The one good thing they got this week where they banned all the Trumps from doing business in New York for about a couple of years or whatever. But anyway, um, <laughs> honestly, if, if anyone is listening to this right now and you haven't turned us off, Seriously, um, if you think you know more on the situation, as I said, you know, email us the municipalspod at yahoo.com. Find us on Twitter, inform us because I'd love let to us, know. Let us know what we're missing, what we fundamentally don't understand. Anyway, going forward, uh, you know, the last thing I'll say about federal politics is as much as, um, I mean, even before I met you, I know specifically I was like, oh, my God, the municipal election is here. I can't wait to get rid of John Tory. And he still (laughs) won. I cannot wait for this federal election. I cannot wait to get rid of Justin Trudeau. And if my choices come down to Pierre Polyev, Jagmeet Singh or Justin Trudeau, even though I don't like any of them. I'm going to choose Pierre Polyev based on the fact that the other two are complete jack-offs. I know you are. (laughs) (laughs) And again, as I've said, uh, I think, I think they're both dropping the ball. And as I've told you, my bias is mostly anti-conservative. Can I ask you one question? Yes. No, 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 no. You finish your thought. Finish your thought. Oh, I mean, the end of my thought is more my frustration is that Justin Trudeau and the Liberal Party are making it so easy for them to lose the election. Like, I've never seen them basically put their electoral success on a platter and say, here, conservatives, it's yours now. Here you go. Enjoy. That's for you. Let's wrap this up with one more question. I'm very curious. I know you don't like Polyev. I know that. But I also know that you've accepted that he's going to most likely form the next government. And I know that you're not happy with Jagmeet or Justin Trudeau's job. Does that mean we could see Philip voting for the Green Party in 2025? Because I know you're not going to vote Polyev. You're... Oh... That that's a great question. I I've, I've got to be honest with you. I feel like there's a lot of people who are 
I want to say on my my side of the political spectrum, which I do believe is more left than our current NDP government. Yeah, it's more left than our federal NDP is currently. And Jagmeet is embarrassing and not doing great. And of course, Justin Trudeau is Justin Trudeau. But I, but as you can tell, I don't not believe in electoralism. And I say that because I want to be a politician. I think there are two huge losers, two gr groups of people who are losers on this planet. And it's politicians and people who want to be politicians. And I'm one of those people. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's wrong with me? So I believe in electoralism. I believe, you know, that voting matters. God, I've been put in a rock and a hard place, you know? Um, I think maybe it will come down to me looking and seeing which candidates. God, that sounds bad, right? Like, that really does sound very partisan. And I'm like, I guess in this situation, I should listen and see what the candidates are saying. You Guys, do that every election. Make an informed decision. Don't be me. But like, it's a it's a hard question because it's, I, like, a guy I follow on Twitter, he's a very strong proponent of the Green Party. I think he's a smart, thoughtful guy. I like seeing his tweets. I, I struggle with the idea of supporting a party that even... I mean, I, I say that while I've voted the NDP before. It's hard to, like, want to support a party that it doesn't feel like there's a realistic shot of them getting in. You know what I mean? And I know it's like it builds up over time. Say I do somehow push in a green Scarborough Southwest MP. That would be an insane victory. How do you push that across the country? What about a green Scarborough Southwest candidate, Philip Mills? <laughs> I've oh I mean I wouldn't be opposed to it really um I know we I, I know I keep trying to move on but I'm gonna I'm gonna say one more thing on this okay <laughs> one more thing um before I lose it oh so I have a friend and when she goes to vote you know so this happened this happened more than once but the first time uh, after we voted, I said, oh, if you don't mind me asking, you know, who'd you vote for? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> Do you remember what color? Oh, oh, it was red because red's my favorite color. Oh, my like, God. What? Actually, <laughs> Matthew, you know what? Here's the crazy thing. When I I was raised, I, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before um, or if I've just, you know, thought this out loud. I was raised, okay, to believe that voting was a civic duty, that it was important that you do it every time it comes up, okay? Which is fine. It's a great thing to be taught, to believe in, whatever. I was not ever pushed into the idea of researching candidates. You know, so I went to the, the ballot every time. There's a Twitter, like, prompt that was like, what was your first vote? And I was going to answer that prompt, but I, I honestly was like, I'm too embarrassed to say this <laughs> because I was going to give the answer. Again, I think I've said this on the podcast, so I don't have to give a whole preamble. Um, the first vote that I actually remembered making a decision, like looking at factors and making a decision was 
for mayor of Toronto in 2010, which was Rob Ford. And I voted yeah. for Rob Ford. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> we are united. Um, <laughs> like, I, I, I would have written, like, a long spiel that was like, here were the factors that I knew, which was very limited, by the way. Like, I didn't look that deeply into that election. But the factors I knew was... Um, the two, in fact, I'm pretty sure the third place guy, I can't remember who he was, but um, it was Rob Ford, George Smitherman, and third Pant place. Pantalone. No, Joe, I don't. Joe, it was Joe Pantalone. Let me, Toronto Municipal Election 2010. Wikipedia, give me my quick factoids. Oh, no, I don't care about the wards this time. <laughs> so many wards. I hope we get back to that. Okay, let's get to the mayor. Come on. What? No. No, I, I like it the way it is. Reducing the size and cost of government. That's a good thing. Oh, you're right. It is. I think it is Joe, Joe Pantalone. Pantalone. I know my yes! shit. Yes. Okay. I know my shit. No, you were correct. And <laughs> okay. And I remember. Okay. Keep in mind when I, I even, tell I you, couldn't even tell you who Joe Pantalone is. Yes, I know he's on that list. Listen, when I tell you um, that my very limited this is when I went to vote for Rob Ford. Okay, the knowledge I went with was very minimal. Here's what I understood. I I remember liking Joe Pantalone, and I know I didn't remember his name, but seeing his face and his little, he was very short and kind of. He was like the nice small guy, you know, and I liked him, but I, <laughs> I couldn't tell you any of his policies. I'm just saying that I liked him. I couldn't but, pick him out of a lineup. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> <laughs> and also because I knew he wasn't one of the top two, I felt like I couldn't vote for him because it was like, well, he's not going to win. So Rob Ford talked about wasted spending at city hall and he had that video where he like took out all of his uh benefit cards and he was like everyone talks why do we need all video. this we get it's a great video like honest honestly it is a great video um it was that it was it was the sloganing it was we're gonna cut the gravy train and the one other thing i knew was that george smitherman I didn't know the details, but I knew George Smitherman was involved in some sort of government scandal. And this was and I'm I, I want everyone to understand that I am very low information voter at this point. But those were the factors that I had when I voted for Rob Ford. Okay, we gotta move along. Um <laughs> sorry. Briefly unrelated. No, no, briefly on the provincial level. You know, Doug Ford's at it again. I love to hear your thoughts about him costing the taxpayers billions. I believe what was the number? 13.7 billion. The one thing I will say before you start is the conservatives, if you remember back in 2018, they made a big fucking deal over the cost of those those canceled gas plant plants. Yep. Yep. Remember that there were a bill, I think a billion dollars each. Okay. Yep. It would seem that the conservatives are like, no, no, no. You thought you could do that? Now watch, we're going to do it better. The the Ontario conservatives, and here's the thing, if, if you live outside of Ontario, 
and you're like pimping for Pierre Polyev, I think I understand that more than being from Ontario and pimping for a federal conservative government because we have such a disastrous provincial gov conservative government that it's like, do you not see what we're walking into federally? Well, like I, uh, before you, I will say that I've come out and said that I don't like Doug Ford. I don't like his policies. He He's not living up to his word. He's doing a couple of things that I agree with, but, but they'll come into play later on in the show. And, and that's when I'll, yeah. I'll talk about them, but sorry, go ahead. Um, Oh. I just derailed you, didn't I? I apologize. Yeah, no, it's okay. I, I lost my place. But the thing, here's what's... So we survived a pandemic with this wage restraint on nurses. Of course, it's what caused so many nurses to burn out, quit the profession, and now we're in a bad spot. That's what Doug Ford's wage cap policy was. It destroyed our healthcare system. So for Doug Ford to lose the court case and then basically say, oh, we're going to give the, these guys the raise they they deserve because we're in a cost of living crisis. So they, they deserve money for their hard work. You lost. You were going to fight giving them that money and you lost. You know, I wish... One of the big things he did say was he was going to end hallway health care. We're still waiting. Well, but that was a lie. He's not interested in fixing. Well, okay. Sorry. Let's be real. It's not a lie. He just, he didn't want to fix our health care system. He wanted to introduce a new one. So what I'm struggling with is why are you going to point out things? Cause, cause if, 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 if I was an average person who wasn't paying attention and you point something out to me and then so, okay, so now I'm aware of it. Now I'm waiting for you to fix it and you don't fix it. That's going to stick out to me more than you pointing it out in the first place. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Um, I've got a great uh, federal example for you. You know, based on Doug Ford said, I'm going to end Holloway medicine. You know, we're five years out later and people are, the the wait times are exploding so much longer. Mm -hmm. Hey, remember uh, Justin Trudeau's last election with uh, first past the post? Right. You're still on that electoral reform. Oh, sorry. I don't mean that I want to stick on that, but it's just no, no, no. Governments, no, it, governments make a point that things need to change. They say the thing that needs to be changed and then they, they get into power. It. And then it's like, what what do you expect from me? Well, in this case, Justin, I expected electoral reform. And in this case, Doug, I expected you to fix hallway health care. He's just making a mess of it. It, it. You know, and the liberals before him messed it up so bad under Kathleen Wynne. And it's like he's going to come along and go, watch, I can do better. I can mess it up better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what exactly what he meant. <laughs> You guys think this is impressive butt doogling? Watch me get on with it. Anyway, I want to talk about um it's a sad subject, but we must talk about it before we go down to the cancel meetings. So I don't know if you heard, 
um, all the way from Sudbury. Um, city council member in Sudbury. Um, he was found dead. Uh, let me see. I'm looking at it. His name was... I don't get his full name here because it cut off. Uh, Vegnini was elected to city council in 2014, one of 10 new faces elected following the tumultuous years of former mayor Marion Matichuk. Hmm, we should dig deep dive into her. Um, <laughs> he entered Tom Davies Square with former mayor Brian Bigger, with whom he frequently clashed. Vagnini was particularly vocal in supporting volunteer firefighters. He was unopposed in his re-election bid in 2018 and won 60% of the vote in the 2022 election. Vagnini was known for his flamboyant suits and community work, including hosting the an or an annual Christmas dinner for the less fortunate that he called No One Eats Alone. Flags at city facilities will be flown at half-mast beginning Wednesday morning. Information on arrangements, including details of a public book of condolences, will be available in the coming days, city says. Um, I hadn't heard of this. Oh, his name was Michael Vagnini. Yes, he was located deceased a short distance from the vehicle. So so after an extensive search with police resources and volunteers, his truck was found at 2.30 p.m. Uh, Tuesday, so I think it was this past Tuesday, in the area of Reserve Camp Road in... Okay, I'm going to try to pronounce this. Please don't get upset. Uh, it was on Atikiamekshen Anishawabek. First Nation. Uh, and like I just said before, Michael Vagnini was located deceased a short distance from the vehicle, Sudbury police said in a news release. Detectives are in the preliminary stages of the death investigation, at, and at this time, foul play is not suspected. A postmortem will be conducted to determine the cause of death. He was the counselor for Ward 2. 62 years old. That's young. You know what? That's that is young. That's sad. It's crazy. I I just I feel bad for his family, his community, his constituents. Um and I know that you probably have more to say, so before we go to our next break, let's let's use up all this time for this next thing. Um, I don't know if you heard because it just was in the last couple of days. I again, this is all your fault because I I read about it on Twitter. <laughs> um, did you hear that Montreal City Council is planning to vote at the next council meeting whether or not to ban the sale of gas and diesel and remove all gas stations within the city limits. What the fuck is going on in Montreal? I think I don't. Oh, God. Matthew, where is this from? It's from Twitter. This is from. I, I swear. I swear. I thought I think it's real. I, I... Are you telling me it's not real? 
Did we get Listen, caught? I think the thing is, I've I've seen someone say this. Okay, so it's it's not that you saying this is the first time I'm hearing this, but at the same time, I'm like, I haven't seen any like news reports about it. Is it a real thing? It seemed real to me. I, I tried to. <laughs> so, so I went to Montreal City Council, like the web, like, you know how Toronto has one. And I tried to get, but it's all in French. I don't fucking understand French. <laughs> and so of course, I, like you can't individually, <laughs> I, you can't individually translate each one, but it'll take a long time. So if anyone wants to help us out with the translation or, you know, legitimizing this report, We'd love to hear about it again. Anyone let us know that if this is real or or not. So so before we get off this, though, I want to ask if it is real. OK, that's what fair. do you think about it? <laughs> like, here's are we are we there or are we like 10, 15 years away from that point? I. You know what? When you phrase it like that, I. I I, I I do think we need to work towards goals like reducing our carbon footprint. But right at this moment, people still do have to rely on their personal vehicles. It's so not, there's but, but it's not just that, Philip. Every uh uh every store, every company, every goods or services require vehicles. Who who the hell is going to bring goods and uh, goods to be sold like food, groceries, clothes, all that stuff comes in on trucks. Yeah, you know, Matthew, the more I think about it, the more I think this has to be fake. This is like I I get I get why that it would look Oh, you're frozen. Just even the way that even the way that you've just presented it right now by by saying um, you know, all these things that we rely on still and you're not wrong you're absolutely correct which is what makes me think this is fake true um and you know i'll just say this and this is maybe the satire portion of this uh little bit <laughs> i i you know montreal's got that reputation for being like a like an organized crime place like a town is it it's got that reputation I'm not saying that it is or isn't, but I cannot see for the life of me any gangsters, the head, the mob, the head of mobs, like using a bike or or walking. <laughs> they're they're <laughs> in a car for sure. Now, whether that car is battery powered, powered or gas, I don't know. But no, I like the idea of mobsters <laughs> on bikes. <laughs> Like not not even motorbikes. Like we're not talking uh, Sons of Anarchy. I mean, like they're cyclists. They really care about the environment. You know what I mean? And their personal health. <laughs> These are the gangsters that I look up to. Right, the bike there, gang. Is there anything else that you wanted to cover? Because when we come back from break, we're gonna get right into the city council meeting, which I have taken detailed, dedicated notes about. Um, I don't, I don't think so. I think, uh, I think we're, we're on a pretty good path so far. All right. So with that, then we will see you guys on the other side. And we're back. And now we can move along to the Toronto city council portion of this show. Of course, of the municipal's fame. 
Of course, uh, city council had three meetings, uh, two of which I took extensive notes on. The last one, I kind of <laughs> dropped the ball. <laughs> but we'll get through the sixth and the seventh just fine. So, okay, here we go. I don't know if you've ever heard Olivia Chow when she's making a speech. Can you tell whether or not without looking to see if she's looking down at her at paper if you close your eyes can you tell whether or not she's either reading off a prompter or reading off a paper or she's just speaking <laughs> are you are you telling me that you can tell the difference yes i can it's, i haven't paid enough attention i think it's i don't know i i seem to have this I don't know. I, I'm not going to call it. A, maybe it's a gift. I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, moving along. So in the beginning of the meeting, they they brought up, you know how they, they bring up if anyone has any holds or any uh, interest to declare whatever the shit. Um, I guess uh, this is before Bradford, your boy, Bradford, announced that he was going to hold the toboggan thing down for for, for now. But uh, Councillor Cole was like calling for snow when they were talking about it. Nunziata, she's she's the high school teacher that nobody likes. You, you know <laughs> what I'm talking about, right? So she's like, she doesn't know how to have any fun. She she replied, uh, nobody wants to snow. And, and that was just one of her comments. She, I, I didn't I've never seen a speaker of any house make off the cuff comments the way that Nunziata does. <laughs> she is uh I was gonna say soulless, but I don't really mean that in the evil way, although I kind of do a little bit. A little bit. Anyway, first on the agenda was the rapid TO discussion on busway lanes. For our listeners who live under a rock and because they, they're they in your ward, can you tell people what a bus lane is? Even though I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, by the name, it's, <laughs> it's a lane that a bus goes through. But the idea, of course, being that by prioritizing the busway, the buses will be able to move more swiftly through the network, which will just make the entire thing more reliable. That's... That's the gist of it, really. It's the same thing as the the high occupancy vehicle lanes. You're forgetting about the sexy red paint. I mean, that is the best part. <laughs> you know, we want we want our streets to look a little bit sexier. It's important. So, Councillor Holiday asked good questions, and the thing is, the staff. Seemed... Oh, sorry. Quick pause. Yes. He just gave a nice little shout out to our boy Holiday, like in, in a positive way. Um, yeah, the, no, there's more. Oh shit. We'll, we'll get to it. But yeah, I was I was surprised. You know, honestly, yeah, you know what? I am gonna compliment him. A lot of his <laughs> questions for the the these meetings that I took notes for, they're all based on uh what's the cost? Does this make sense? And even though, you know, I know you don't agree with him and there's a large portion of stuff I don't agree with him on either. But a lot of the things he was making 
he, he was saying they made sense. I'm sorry, but like I said, I mean, listen, even it if it's someone on... we don't like and they do good, I'm going to I'm going to say it. Listen, even if it's broken, someone... broken clock. All right. <laughs> OK, OK. Um, The thing is that the staff seemed unprepared uh, for the for for the questions. Either that or they didn't know the answers. Now, do you know? These are wrestling terms, so I'm going to assume that you don't. But I am going to ask you, do you know what a jobber is or a job guy? I don't. I feel like the only wrestling term I'll like know is heel. But other than Which that. Which is a bad guy. Yeah, but yeah, no. yeah. But like they're they're pretending to be bad, right? It's all pretend. Oh, right. It's sorry. for the bullshit. Was... Oh, it's, no. It's for the bullshit. Oh, make, make... no. You didn't know wrestling was fake. Anyway. Sorry, I do know wrestling is fake, okay. but I, I do feel like that comment comes off as sounding incredibly naive. <laughs> Actually, what's funny is that uh, wrestling fans, their F word is fake. They don't like that word. They, Seriously. They're like, don't use the F word. And I'm like, who said fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, we love the fucks. <laughs> um, so a jobber. Is, or, or job guy it's basically the same thing it just anyway um it's basically it's a preliminary wrestler which means it's a it's a it's a a local indie talent who is paid to lose you okay. always get like a superstar like in the 80s you'd always see like Hulk Hogan versus John Smith from you know, Brazil or John Smith from California or wherever. So he's a jobber, a job guy. And the job guys are paid to lose to make the superstars look better. So there was a big difference between the city staff that were answering questions on February 6th versus February 7th. I felt like, I felt like they sent all the job guys, jobbers, job girls out first, and then they replaced them the next day because the next day, the city's answers were smarter. They were more on the button. You know, Matthew, (laughs) that sounds more like Holiday was presenting good questions the first day, and so they realized they had to prepare for those types of questions the next day. That's what it sounds like is what happened. Yeah. And then when they got into trouble. So on this first day, you know, the deputy, uh, the deputy city manager started taking the questions to take the heat off of the staff, the the, the jobbers. Yeah. The jobbers. (laughs) It's going to be really bad with if we both work there one day and be like, didn't you call us jobbers? And I'll be like, yeah, Uh, I did. uh, uh, That was Matthew. I will listen, listen, listen. Yeah, that will, was uh that was <laughs> Counselor King, actually. I will stand by everything we've ever said on this podcast. Period. I gotta tell you, I, I don't think I've even thought about the fact that Counselor King sounds cool as hell. I know, right? I, oh anyway, one day, one day. <laughs> um, so you know, and then Perusa, Burnside, and Counselor Sachs. Well, Councillor Perusa, Councillor Burnside, and Councillor Sachs asked questions. Uh, answers to their questions, in my opinion, were mostly guessing. So, because, I mean, people that are listening to us know that when they're talking about an issue 
first you go around and and everyone asks questions and then there are speakers and when they get to the speaker portion that's when they present other motions and then all the voting happens that's how our city i don't know if it's the same everywhere else but this is how toronto city council works um and i noticed that the the gallery i was looking for you and i didn't see you but <laughs> the gallery um was kind of like not as full as it was on uh, February 14th. No, no, no. God, no. So Councillor Myers is up next. And the reason I wrote this down is because I, I like the exchange that happened. So he asks about the corridors in Scarborough. I guess he was um, referring to... I don't know what the fuck... I'm going to be stupid. What, what exactly is a corridor? I understand bus Oh, lanes. I think... I think in this case, he's referring specifically to, and I could be wrong here as well. So if anyone listens to me talk and is like, why am I listening to Philip talk about anything as an authority on anything? <laughs> listen, you don't have to listen to me as an authority of anything. So let me just give out my potentially ill-advised information. Um, I'm pretty sure it's just referring to essentially a bus lane, but it's specifically the route that the Line 3 RT used to take. So that it's, you know, a bus that can go directly from Kennedy Station to the Scarborough Town Center, which was essentially what the Line 3 was. Okay, so he asks about corridors in Scarborough, and city staff says uh, says they were put forth by the TTC, not city council. So then Myers asks, how many corridors were approved by city staff and... Or, or by the city, or how many were approved? And the city staff says six. Myers then says, how many were implemented? And the, what, city, one? And the city said one. Yeah. <laughs> so then my Meyer, Councillor Myers quips, what's with the delay? And Fuck city, yeah. city staff is asking for an endorsement to be able to move forward. And then Councillor Myers asks how many times they have asked for an endorsement and the city staff replies three. Myers then eviscerates them by asking if they think that that it's a good use of time by coming forth and asking for an endorsement for something that's already been endorsed three previous times. Jesus Christ. Kind of sounds like we're talking about transit city versus subway, subway, subway again. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the issue that I've, I've said over and over again, you know, there's problems with each one. We just have to pick one and go. Like at this point we have picked one and we are going now, but that's been the decade plus long issue with building anything. It's been this back and forth. I I will say that, Busways don't, they're for the most part, they're not here in Etobicoke. No, no, no. They're no. only I don't, in Scarborough, I, believe I believe. But I believe yeah. so. This plan is to roll it out citywide on major streets, or at least, sorry, they want a report or an endor- well, or whatever and, the fuck. And I mean, we've talked about the inefficiency of of council. Instead of just making decisions and saying we should do this, going to a report and and waiting on that for a year, two years. And then even if they get a report that says everything is good, you should go through with this. It's like, 
Is there any way we can get another report on this report? Like, just do shit. So good on uh, Councillor Myers for saying, like, what a waste of time to come three separate times. And I'll say one more thing. When uh, Councillor Perusa, Councillor Burnside, and Councillor Sachs, as well as Councillor Myers, were talking and asking questions, a main theme in their questions was like, they want to, I believe, I'm not going to speak for them, but I believe it's a general consensus that the councillors, they want to aim to eliminate the use of residential streets or residential shortcuts, I should say, from the main arterial roads by way of turn restrictions and other measures. And I'm guilty of that, okay? As a driver, I will wholeheartedly go through side streets if I think it's faster. I've done it. I do it every day. Yeah, that's Guilty that's as charged. I don't understand why you would want to... Uh, because the point is to... Get everyone where they're going from point A to point B. You, you can't. I don't know. I it just it, it. So were they just looking at ways to reduce the disruptions? It was all part of it. It was all yeah. different questions, um, especially Councillor Perusa. Shout out to him. But uh, he former municipal Perusa. <laughs> yes. Listen, uh, you and I, you and I. We are the municipals, but I do consider every single guest who's been on this show also as a municipal. That's amazing. <laughs> even even your new boy, Anthony Fury? Yeah, I consider Fury a municipal. <laughs> In fact, when we get to talking about the police budget again, and I know I'm, I'm harping on forever, I'll talk about, uh, not for very long, not too much. But talk I'll, about your I'll, boy? I'll talk a bit about my boy, but I still listen. Anthony Fury is a is a bona fide municipal. He's a he's all right for me. I I didn't have any problem. <laughs> I just mean you know every person we've talked to here is a municipal to me. So then I wrote, uh, "City staff is really just guessing at this point." When asked by Councillor Chang, city staff said full implementation of the busway project is 10 years away. And here's the thing that blows me away about this is they, I believe it was during the 2022 municipal election, the, I believe it was TTC riders who had, they did their stunt where they made like a, a mock TTC rapid lane. You know, I, think they I remember that. Red. I think I remember yeah, that. It, it, the actual implementation of the lane wouldn't take all that much work. 10 years is a ridiculous time frame. I I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um okay, and then I wrote here, I may have to rethink some positions on Councillor Holiday because he <laughs> because he speaks about deferring the entire thing. Because city staff are not offering specifics, not sure about this or that, and just offer, for the most part, general info. And I happen to agree with him on this. Again, we don't agree on a lot, but on this, I agree with him. Now, admittedly, was this like, this was the first day of questioning where it seemed like they were more or less like off of it. And then the next day where they got better. Is this, is this still the first day? 
This is still the first day. So, I mean, I'm I'm hoping that that means there is actually a mechanism in city in city hall where they're like, oh man, we actually got trounced by these these questions, so we have to actually give them some thought, and hopefully not, you know, spin. You know what I mean? Like they don't just come back with. Here's how we're going to spin it. No, here's the information you're looking for. We have it now. We didn't have it yesterday. Like, that sounds better, right? Yeah. And then I wrote, maybe he can be my guy. I'll work out a trade with Philip. <laughs> he can be my guy. You can have him. Listen, no no. <laughs> free of, free of charge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, I'll, I'll keep Bradford and you can have Holiday. Uh, his motion to defer is defeated 20 to 4. You want to guess who voted with Holiday uh, as, uh, the, as the four? Parthy? Nope. Okay. All right. Um, Burnside. Yes. Wow. You, you're good. No. Um, Your boy. Your boy. Bradford. Oh, Bradford. Of course, Bradford. And one more. Okay, so you won't Bradford. Okay. Um Bradford Holiday Burnside. Who be the last one? It's not is it a Scarborough counselor? Yes, yes. Oh shit. Is it Ainsley? Nope. Okay, good. Thompson? Nope. McKelvey? Nope. Jesus Christ, Mantis? Yes. I, I unfortunately I think I ran through all the other I think I ran through all the Scarborough counselors uh, so before you got was, to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was the default one. I think that was me scrambling my brain for like, ah, uh, shit. What Scarborough so, counselor haven't I said before I go on? I don't understand. Listen, I'm all for getting the job done, but this is just for a report. I don't understand if they can't answer the questions now, and it's already partly underway because you said you have you have dedicated bus lanes in Scarborough they can't answer questions what the fuck are we doing here yeah the thing is though it's like I want to say that they're allowed to have bad days but we do have a certain image of maybe don't be quite so sloppy you know what I mean anyway so now now it gets a little heated because we're going to talk about Councillor Sachs. And you and I, we may not agree on Councillor Sachs 100%. I think she's really nice. She's a new councillor. She's done a lot before she came here. Usually people start here and then go off to conquer other things. Um, I like her and I respect her, but I really don't agree with this and it, it's actually for me personally and this is saying a lot this is one of the two most offensive statements I've ever heard in city council it, as long as we're not going to talk about Rob Ford <laughs> but I'm talking about like in this in my notes I've been offended twice it's very fucking hard to offend me, <laughs> Philip. It is. I was offended twice in this fucking thing. And this is one of them. So here we go. And there's a sidebar uh, conversation where we're going to talk about your other boy, uh, Stephen uh, Gu- Bolt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
The okay. federal minister. Let's talk about him. He figures into this shit. Okay. <laughs> so Councillor Sachs is next to speak, and she urges that council endorse. So we're past the question part. Now we're into speakers. She she urges council to endorse the busway project because it's better for the environment. She blames the fires in California and something that happened in Chile, which I have not up to date on, uh, on pollution. Do you agree so far? Apparently the fires uh, in California are because of pollution. I mean, obviously... Pollution contributes to climate change. Climate change, of course, adds to the conditions of like drier forests that make them more susceptible to burning on fire. But okay. what's what's the connection here? Well, we're going to get to that. But sidebar number one, I want to briefly talk about the carbon tax because we didn't fit it in our federal portion. And I think it, it actually applies better here. I'm going to pose this question because, again, much like when we talked about the the whole flag waving thing, I obviously I'm not informed and I'd love to be informed. So anyone is welcome to correct me or, or inform me. What I don't understand is we have a carbon tax. Everybody pays it. Companies pay it. We pay it. We're worried. We get fucking racked. Where's the money going? Where is the money going, the billions and billions and billions of dollars the federal government collects? Where is it going? My response to that is, I don't know. But, okay. Do you want to <laughs> Do you want to know? I have no problem saying this on the air. Live. We're not live. I, um, I believe it's going to the World Economic Forum. Here's the thing. Fuck Klaus Schwab. Go on. I. It's a couple of factors where it's. I would be talking about the intended place where these funds are supposed to go. Beyond the rebates, which I know if you're on a more conservative line, you'll think you'll mention something like, you know, a Ponzi scheme where people get more money back than they put in. They're like, that doesn't make any sense. Sorry. But it's... The intention, of course... The intention of the carbon tax is that it's supposed to punish users, you know, the people who make carbon, use carbon, whatever. Um, They're supposed to change their behaviors. That's the point of the carbon tax. It's a very market-based solution, and that's why the conservatives came up with it. <laughs> so my understanding, of course, the money that doesn't go back returns to the people. Again, the math isn't that crazy to me. Higher-income people pay a much larger part of the carbon tax and would get a smaller return. So it sort of makes sense that the lower-income people would get more money back than they would spending on it. But that's not important. That's not the main emphasis of the carbon tax. The carbon tax is supposed to be about changing behaviors. And my understanding was that some of the funds from the carbon tax were supposed to go to things like carbon capture, technologies that are supposed to be 
good for the environment. Does the money actually get there? I can't tell you that. And you know what? As much as I'm against a carbon tax, I I I will agree that in terms of helping it to change behavior, I'm okay with that. I I, I understand. Okay, I'm not okay with. It. I understand it. I get right. it. And it I, makes sense. And I, and I think that's the thing. As long as you understand, it, you don't have to agree with it. But, but I, I always I come back to where's the money? Well, for the most part, a lot of the money is just simply going back to people with the rebates. It just again, not all of it, as I said, not all the money is going back. So there's, of course, some money that is supposed to be there for other things. And I don't know if they're being properly utilized. Especially with this particular federal liberal government, can we trust that? Exactly. So, you know, fair enough. We're on the same page. So that wasn't even the most offensive thing that she said. That comes now. So Councillor Sachs said that the roads, the road is a public space for all the public to use. And that cars have been prioritized for the last 80 years, eight zero years. And it's time to change that. And I wrote, that's Green Party if I've ever heard that. You know, the sidewalk is also public property. Why aren't pedestrians sharing the sidewalk with cyclists and cars? Of course, that's rhetorical. I'd love to get your thoughts because I think that you agree with her. Where <laughs> I'm, I'm really offended. So, so I mean, we have fans that are like, are these two guys ever going to fucking go at each other? Maybe this is it. I agree with Councillor Sachs. Why? Because our our cities have been prioritizing cars over other road users. I I agree with her sentiment entirely. But w- the road is for moving traffic. Yeah. Traffic, not cyclists. What's next? We're going to have a walking lane? Are dogs going to get their own lane? (laughs) But that's what sidewalks are. Exactly. But we don't want, but we don't want bikes. We don't want bikes on the sidewalks. Phil, when you were a kid, I know you said you grew up in Collingwood, but when you were a kid, you you had a bike. Yeah. Where did you ride your bike? Because I rode my bike on the sidewalk. Well, here's the thing. I remember. I remember more recently in Toronto um, and I, I mean like I was like 20, so this would have been like 15 years ago or something. Um, and I, when I would bike anywhere, I would bike down pharmacy cause it wasn't a main street and I would bike on the sidewalk. And here's what I'll, and here's the thing. The reason why I biked on the sidewalk, I understood that according to the law, I wasn't supposed to bike on the sidewalk. But even back then, I didn't trust drivers. And that wasn't even like a politically charged position back then. That was just me not not trusting people. I don't know about this. Like, this really offends me. <laughs> I, I got to be honest with you. And, you know, before we go to our next break, I want to get this in quick. This is the second sidebar. And this is where we're going to talk about your boy, Federal Environment Minister Stephen Gilbolt. I hope I said that right says that the federal government will not fund any more roads. 
I don't have the article in front of me, but I do have Premier Ford's reaction. Give me one second. And I have um I have a quote tweet by your boy, your guy. Sorry, no, your guy, Norm De, De Pasquale. Okay, I was gonna say I've got I've got too many boys, but that no, one is your actually guy, my your, boy. Your guy, he's that's a plus. When yeah. I say your boy, oh, okay, yeah, okay, okay. So former uh, municipal Norm. Yes. So Doug Ford writes on Twitter, "I'm gobsmacked." A federal minister said they won't invest in in new roads or highways. He doesn't care that you're stuck in bumper to bumper traffic. I do. We're building roads and highways with or without a cent from the feds. And then uh, Norm writes, I'm gobsmacked at what a terrible premier you are. I'm gobsmacked that you never consult properly. I'm gobsmacked that you think you can exempt yourself from all laws meant to protect Ontarians. I'm gobsmacked that you think you're above the law. Hashtag uh, O.N. Pauly. So obviously I agree with uh, I agree with Norm. And and here's the interesting thing about uh, Gilbert's comments about the road infrastructure. What I find so interesting about a lot of the outrage about his comment is, you know, when Justin Trudeau will talk about uh, the $10 a day daycare program, and you'll get some kind of partisan actors who are like, uh, that's provincial jurisdiction. Why are you stepping your foot in it? There's a few things like that with with Justin Trudeau's policies, including dental care um, and the pharma care coming up, too. The, this is another instance, you know, roads. Yeah. Federal funds help bit, but that's mostly a that's a provincial responsibility. It's like the one time where it's like, OK, you want the federal government to butt out. Why don't you let them butt out? That's I mean, I, I'm mostly making an argument against unreasonable people. You know what I'm saying? Um, like, I'm not saying we are not at the point where we are at the end of life of roads. That's just not that's not real. Uh, so the, and that's the question stupid I, for Gibble to to imply that. But again, especially for the Ford government, who's done nothing but trip over his own dick constantly and just be a terrible premier. Um, but you can fund you can just do roads yourself. I see you took it, my my phrase. Yeah, I know. I'm <laughs> excited. You, you used it so well. I really enjoyed it. Um, I have two questions. Stephen Gilbolt, Gilbolt, whatever his name is, you know, we were talking earlier in the show about who potentially could succeed, succeed, whatever, succeed Justin Trudeau. Is he one of them? And God, no, no, no. And my worry is how deep are his ties at the World Economic Forum? The thing is, in my mind, when Justin Trudeau made him the environment minister, I I thought it was a slam dunk in the sense that it's like you want people in these files who have experience. An environmental activist, I don't think you can ask for someone more relevant on the file of environmental minister. If you, you know, truly believe that climate change is a problem to to act on now, I really do think that that makes sense. 
he he is a PR nightmare. Like he he presents his ideas very brazenly. I I don't again most of the stuff I don't think he does is wrong, but he presents it in such an abrasive way that it turns people off. Again, roads aren't done. They just that's just a fact. Roads are not finished. Uh, he's right to point out that we want to move away from reliance on cars and individual motor vehicles. But they're not going away. In fact, they're probably never going away. Thank you. <laughs> so before we go on, uh, I know I'm has I'm, I see our time. Do you remember one of the things I kept hammering during the 2022 municipal election? Probably not because you and I weren't doing the show then. But it was that the <laughs> old guard wasn't working. We needed new blood, new ideas. I wanted to go with a complete rookie staff except for josh matlow and even a rookie mayor i was willing to roll the dice on because the opposite of that which is everybody years deep into their job not working it ain't working we've tried it it's not like we're not willing to try it we did try it it wasn't working let's try something new um yes counselor Sachs is new to her role but her ideas and her ideology, they're not new. Uh, that's my opinion. And here, here's my, here's my uh, thinking process. If you can't move vehicles, you can't move products like food. If you can't move products, we have a huge problem. I'm not against cyclists. I just happen to live in reality. Like you said, you would like to see the elimination of singular motor vehicles, but you're a realist in that you know that's probably never going to happen. Even if we can cut the gas out and everyone has an electric vehicle, we're still going to have vehicles. Right. And, you know, they they polluted ways beyond simply just gas. So Myers speaks and once again urges council to pass the budget, the busway project, saying that the last council failed to do so. And then Councillor McKelvey gets up and speaks and takes offense to that comment. <laughs> and Myers apologizes. I guess, okay, decorum dictates that you apologize. But what's the point in making such comments if you're just going to tuck tail and apologize right away? It's it like the one no chance we have new councillors to kind of inject and say, hey, actually, things haven't been... Like you just said, things haven't been working and I, we should change the approach. To be offended at that, while that's essentially been the conversation after John Tory left, it's how do we fix the problems? There are problems. Just acknowledge that there are problems. Now we're going to end with this uh, before we go to our break. This is the second comment that is the most offensive comment that I heard the whole day. I, I can't even believe we're talking about this. Counselor Thompson gets up and he speaks. He offers. Well, that's offensive in itself. Oh, get ready. He offers his leadership take by saying that he wants to offer his leadership on the subject. And I wrote <laughs> one word. Would you like to know what I wrote? No. No, I wrote gross. <laughs> 
I understand innocent until proven guilty and that these charges, he, he allegedly committed these acts. Allegedly. I understand that. But because of the nature of the charges, he is the last person that should sit stand up in any public forum of any kind or any size and offer his leadership. Your thoughts before we, we go to our break. I I think he should keep his mouth shut until after his uh his legal troubles are done. Offering leadership? Wait until we find out if you're actually worthy of the title of leader, sir. That's that's all I got for Michael Thompson. And with that, we are gonna go to our hopefully last break and come back and finish it all up. See you guys on the other side. And we're back. And uh so the vote on the busway passes 23 to 3. Voting no is you probably guessed Holiday, Councillor Burnside and actually Councillor Pasternak. Interesting. So the vote on Peru- uh Peruzza's motion is next. So he wanted this motion this is like going to be a part of it. So I don't I pretend to know. I don't know really uh, uh, the Scarborough roads as well as I know Etobicoke. Etobicoke, I know like the back of my hand. So, as you know, Perusa's in Ward 7, which is right butt up against the most northern part of North Etobicoke. So, his motion was about not sacrificing uh, the car lanes for the busway. He said... And he used finger quotes. It doesn't have to be either or. It can be both. The motion, though, is defeated. So basically, what he was saying was you can widen the road relatively inexpensive, inexpensively, however you say that. And so there will still be two lanes for traffic each way. You'll have your bus lane and you'll have your bike lane if there's a bike lane on that road. And he specifically listed both Kipling and Islington uh, avenues specifically in his example. Now, I got to tell you, you know, we just went through the LRT thing. Obviously, they're done building it now. So traffic is a lot better than it was a year ago. Oh, yeah. But for argument's sake, let's say they're still building it and they want to enact this plan or any construction project in the future. And we're down to one lane. So what happens when you have to block a lane off because you have a construction project? What I happens? mean, that's 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 a good question. That's uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting. But I mean, I. <sighs> I think in those situations, for example, say, for example, it's a situation where it's, say, a bus lane reduces it to one lane for regular traffic each way. So it's it's four lanes, bus lane, or, you know, throughway, throughway, bus lane. In those situations, I imagine if they they had to shut down a lane, I think in those situations, it would be the bus lane shut down. And I think... 
with the TTC, it would be announced as a, you know, the the priority lane is shut down during construction sort of thing. Right. I just want it documented, you know, so when we lose a lane on any of these roads, even ones I didn't list, oh, um, and when most roads become one lane each, this is why. So people can look look back and we talked about this. But how um, how many of these um how many of these streets that have added say like cycle lanes for example have been reduced to one lane with the exception I want to say of Danforth. And I bring up Danforth Road, no, Danforth Avenue, Danforth yeah, Avenue. Danforth Avenue. Because they have a whole other lane that could also just be active traffic. But they've let it be parking. What bothers me is that a simple bus lane, okay, maybe not a sim it's not simple. Bus lane project is intricate and it can be difficult. But you don't have to make it a war on cars. Right. It bothers me that that that's I feel like that's what this is turning into. It's a turning into a war on cars. Why? You know, specifically downtown, I don't get it because all the major places are downtown. Everyone goes downtown for entertainment. So if you're going to cut off, if you're going to try to cut off cars, well, trucks drive in the same lane. Trucks that bring food, bring goods, bring services. I feel I like the only places, though, that have actually cut off traffic in such a, a strong way is the construction though. It's not like the cycling lanes. It's not the bus lanes. Like I'm thinking specifically at uh, young and queen, you know, at the corner there at the Eaton center, like that is, that's reduced to hell. And that's entirely due to construction. Absolutely. Uh, but as someone who drives those streets every day, I got to say that's, it's not really, it, it hasn't, affected me or the routes that I take uh, because I'm not ever in a fucking hurry to drive on Queen Street. I try yeah. to I avoid it like the plague. Smart. So in this particular vote, because I agreed with it, and if I was a counselor, you know, if I was Counselor King, as you as you put it, I would have voted with Perutza. I would have voted yes on this motion. So I specifically wrote down who voted which every name, and I'm going to read them off, and maybe a couple of them will surprise you. So voting yes with Perusa. And so this is the widening roads. Widening so it doesn't have to be either or. It can be both. Is your boy, Bradford, uh, Burnside, Chrysanti, Holiday, Mantis, Nunziata, Pasternak, Perusa, and Robinson. So I find it hilarious because remember how I said Perusa's in Ward 7? Nunziata's in Ward 5, Pasternak's in Ward 6. Those are all neighboring down beside uh, Etobicoke. And also you have Holiday, who is Ward 2, and Chrysanti, who's Ward 1. All that whole cluster saying, yeah, we agree with you. It makes sense. I'm sorry. It does. It really makes sense. Voting no. 
The Nightmare, Counselor Ainsley, Bravo, Shelly Carroll, Lily Chang, Olivia Chow, uh, Mike Cole, Fletcher, Candevel, Malik, Matlow, McKelvey, Moise, Morley, Myers, Perks, Sachs, and Thompson. You know, I I wonder if this this proposition makes more sense very specifically with cycle lanes. Only in the fact that to to widen into a sidewalk a whole extra car lane, essentially. Depending on, you know, if they're wide sidewalks, like you could probably like cut into it like that. But with cycle lanes, for example, they're not as wide as car lanes. I feel like that would make more sense. You know, the not one or the other. You could widen a lane for a cycle lane. With bike lanes, or sorry, with the bus lanes, because that's, you'd be separating it by a whole width of a car. I think that makes less sense. And I do wonder if, for example, uh, Counselor Carroll's objection might be a financial objection. Good point. Okay, so next up is a complete waste of time motion. <laughs> we love those. This is what I, I, that's exactly how I wrote it, too. <laughs> From Counselor Mantis about his flight delay. So he went to some conference. Oh, I love this. I love this story. Right? And he had a flight delay because apparently he didn't get to the airport in time, missed boarding, had to. Was he in Italy or? I, I think so. I think it was Italy. I'm not sure. Uh, so he had to stay an extra hotel night and then pay for another flight. I don't understand why they wouldn't just uh, cancel the ticket and then put him on the neck. I don't understand that. But anyway. Yeah. One, yeah. I, I don't understand him having to pay for the hotel for another night. But why would they have to pay to rebook the ticket? No idea. So so he went. Oh, so you're allotted apparently seven thousand dollars on a trip. Per staff, which he is went, insane. He it is insane. It's taxpayer dollars. He went over that amount by twenty five hundred dollars, and according to the way the rules are are stated, the way it's governed, he has to bring this motion. So he needs to be able to use his office budget to cover the remaining. That's what the motion is about. Which I think it's crazy that. Counselors get a fifty thousand uh, dollar office budget. I'm going to tell you right now. Spoiler alert: Counselor King is going to open his office to anybody that needs it. Whether it they want to sit there all day and use it as a warming center, whether they want a job search, whether they want to have coffee and just shoot the shit, it's going to be open and available. Period. Can I tell you that I've I've thought about the fact that in a constituency office, I'd love to have an Xbox. Not for me to play video games, but say if there's a parent who comes in and they've got their kid or That's something. That's a great idea. And they, they'd be bored. Why and, Xbox? Oh, I mean, that's just the console <laughs> I know, you know? Like, you could have an Xbox, you could have Game Pass, so you have a bunch of games available. Uh, and I feel like that would make... Uh, like it would be a relatively inexpensive office expense. Um, yeah. So, but it, but it would sound like it's like, oh, Councillor Mills is buying video games with his uh with his office budget. No, there's a purpose. I would also 
allow part of my space to help with any food drives, any sort of food bank that I that I can. Obviously, it's an office, so you don't have a lot of space, but anything that I can do to help my constituents, I would have staff there, at least two people all the time, even if I can't be there all the time. I want a spreadsheet of everyone that comes in. I don't give a fuck if their complaint is the street light is not working or, you know, my husband tried to murder me. I don't give a shit. Yeah, we want that. I I don't care what the complaint is. I want it documented and I want an email and they better get my phone number, my direct phone number. Now, you can give them the staff, the, the, the office phone number, too. Sure. But you better make sure you give them my direct phone number. Anyway, so Counselor Fletcher starts speaking and she she gets up and she's like, I'm going to, quote, channel my inner Rob Ford. (laughs) And she does so by insinuating that Counselor Mantis missing the flight and having to stay one more day for the next flight was his own fault. And why should the taxpayers have to pay for that? And I, I wrote, I agree with what she's saying, but Counselor Mantis asked for a point of personal privilege and was denied by Nunziata because he wanted to correct her, I think. <laughs> anyway, Fletcher continues. She says that Rob Ford never wanted counselors to have office budgets and that he's probably looking down on City Hall going, what the F? And obviously she wasn't going to say the F word, but. But yeah, we yeah, will. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is going on? See, um, like, again, you and what you just said about constituency offices, I completely agree. I would absolutely love to have a space that everything you just said, I completely agree with you. So the fact that she's going, oh, office budgets are bad. I, I disagree with her. But it's, a, it's about the way it's because listen, I think that Rob Ford, I'm sorry to hijack you. I think that Rob Ford had that view because everyone was using their office budgets, I guess, no, what and, he thought was incorrectly. And I mean, again, we talked about that great video of the benefits of and I'll in fact, I'll channel my inner Rob Ford to talk about. Um, was this Mantis? This was Mantis. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, city councilors make a very good salary. You screwed up. You pay. I don't. I don't think that's that. I don't think that that's that controversial. What I like to know is what was so important about this. Uh, Why was he in conference? Italy? It was a conference which was not said. The city of Toronto didn't say, "Hey, you have to go here." We have to be represented here. He chose to go to that whatever it was conference. Yeah, so it almost it, it almost feels like why wasn't he paying for this in the first place? I know they make it city business, and then they can do and, do and, whatever they and want. Here's, here. here's here's another thing: Councillor King's never going to do, unless I'm driving to a conference that's in North America. I will not leave the city. I will not leave my constituents unless I'm on vacation. That I'm driving to because Counselor King does not fly. Yeah, see, I I don't know what circumstance you'd be. What is he doing? John Tory used to take off all the time. Well, we know that because that's uh, when he had spent time with his bow. 
Same with Mark Grimes. Really? Where was he going? He went to a lot of different things. Well, he was on vacation a lot, too. This fucker loved Brazil, probably. <laughs> okay, so that was pretty much for it for the first day. I mean, other stuff happened, but those were the big pieces that happened. So the second day of council, this is what I wrote, is different. Starting off, the city staff seem to know what the fuck they're talking about today. So they they you know they put out the jobbers the day before. Now they're like, <laughs> okay, here's the main event stars. We'll we'll get some because we look like we look like idiots right now. Do they have like okay? So I know WWE. I know what a heel is. Do they have a name for the stars? So no, heel is a bad guy, whether he's a jobber or a main event star. Oh, okay. Uh, the good guys, they're called baby faces. Oh, okay. I know that's a horrible name for it, but I didn't make it up. I didn't come up with it. I wrote, I guess yesterday they uh, they were jobbers, and today they're more mainstays or main event stars. And the first item where uh, they're talking about today is the red light cameras. The way I understood it, the motion is to increase from 75 to 150 and have it be an administrative penalty and no court hearing, just like the parking tickets. That's the plan. And I think this is more of the, again, they want another report. Um, both Councillor Sachs and Mayor Chow speak in support of this item. And I ask you this question. Isn't that a conflict? Because they don't drive. I, I don't think that's a conflict because other otherwise you're basically saying you only want elected people who drive. No, no. What I'm saying is, okay, when when a few years ago when Trump was president and everyone lost their fucking minds and started voting, uh, voting to make abortion illegal, how hypocritical is it that males were voting on the subject? It's a woman's issue. You see what I'm saying? I get. I hear what you're saying. I, I'm not trying to compare the two. I'm just saying, like, no, 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 they don't I, drive. No, of I course, think you're saying. Of course, they're going to be in favor of this. They don't drive. I think my, I have a problem with, like, I don't like people speeding. I don't like people running red lights because while you could do that stuff relatively safely. I feel like when people act that way, drive that way, it's very much a entitlement thing. That's just, that's the way I view it. But having said that, automated enforcement versus an actual police officer. If, an, if a police officer stops you, you're more likely in that moment to be kind of like shook and want to change your behavior, right? Correct. But but a camera that sends you a ticket later, that's not correcting the bad behavior. And I understand why people see that and view it as a cash grab. Like, I, I disagree that it's a cash grab, but it's not as impactful as you being stopped by a police officer who's saying you're driving too fast. I agree. And it's almost... There, there's a benefit here that I think you'll like. Go with me for a second. Potentially, 
these machines, at least for this subject, are going to replace police officers. Which, of course, I'm, I'm all for that. <laughs> I thought you would we, say that. We got to pick and choose our battles. Uh, so the motion passes 26 nothing. Can you believe that? Unanimously. Wow. Really? Even Holiday? Even Holiday. Uh, so they go on for a bit until they start discussing homelessness, capital strategies, and after Holiday and the accused ask questions, what's wrong? Oh, I just, nothing. Oh, oh, the accused is Michael Thompson. Just okay. so we're clear. Yeah, I, I got can you. call him that. The, he is the accused. That's fair. That's accurate. Ask questions. We come to the nightmare, Counselor Ainsley. He says in Houston, they are incentivizing landlords to rent apartments to homeless people to the tune of up to $1,600 U.S. Gee, Philip, that sounds familiar. Sounds brilliant. Didn't we come up with that? I mean, I came up with that. And remember when I, I, and guys, Go back on a previous episode. I don't remember which one it is. Now, a few, <laughs> maybe two or three ago, I emailed every counselor talking about the Dundas Street um, renaming and also why um, why the city can't or can't incentivize. At that time, I said rooming houses, but hell, apartments, rooming houses, it's all the same shit why the city can't incentivize landlords to start renting to homeless people until they get on their feet. Right. The idea of course, being that the city would subsidize that rent, which is again, to allow people to get on their feet because it would be for me, for, for me, it would be a simple first and last, and then they'll have assistance at minimum from the, from the province Maybe maybe some, a little bit of help from the city. I don't know. What am I or what are we coming up with the framework right now? <laughs> and then they're not paying us jack shit, so we're not coming up with a with a and plan. Then eventually, they would get a job. I'm, I'm I don't know. I, honestly, okay. Uh, quick sidebar. I know. I know. Time's an issue. I came face to face with a homeless person today, and I was. Not sure what to do. I wanted to help them. They were in the parking lot of my local no frills screaming about killing people. And that is the only reason that I didn't approach this individual. Otherwise, I at minimum would have given him money. I had money. I had I had I had money because I, I saw him going in. I was like, let me go do my business and then I will give him money when I come out and when I came out of the grocery store, he I heard yelling and then I realized it was coming from him. And then he just he just kept yeah, and then it it escalated. And so I didn't give him money um because I wasn't sure what to do uh in a situation like that. I I'm not a mental health professional, so I, I'm not I mean I do have it's an old certificate, but when, from when I was a security guard, the uh uh, what is it? The de-escalation of uh, uh, non-violent something. I don't fucking know. I don't remember what the words are. Non-violent. 
Uh, uh, whatever. I don't remember. You think I would know the term as a current security guard? But come on, Philip. I do not. Anyway, so let's go back to this. So the answer from the city is that there's an income top-up that can be made available, apparently, but that goes to the individual and not the landlord. So there is no incentive initiative. One-third of shelters is run by the city, while two-thirds are run by nonprofit groups. Any thoughts? Uh, I think because you you called me earlier this week and and brought it up and I and I wanted to say that I I thought it was brilliant. I thought you know it's it's it gets the sense that someone is is paying attention to the things that you're saying. Um, again, I don't know the feasibility of such a program, but it it sounds it sounds good to me. Like something that's more immediate than building new housing or shelters specifically for um, homeless people. You know, people have homes now that are empty. So what I'm hearing is that you at least think it's worth one of these fucking reports that City Hall loves to do. Fuck, they love their goddamn reports. And yeah, if we if we can't just simply do it right now, start a report right now. Just go look look into it. So on the shelter motion, um, which essentially is another report, uh, it carries the 21 to 4. Uh, it carries 21 to 4. Voting no is dun dun dun, Councillor Holiday, natural, Councillor Mantis, Councillor Crisanti, and Councillor Perusa. Interesting. So then Lily Chang decides to step in it. Oh, I, lo- I love Lily Chang stepping in it. So Lily Chang spouts off an, ana- an analogy. I think this is going around Twitter. I don't know if you might have saw this. When we plant a shelter, it's like an alien ship landing into the neighborhood. What the fuck is she talking about? What the fuck is she talking about? I'll repeat it. When we plant a shelter, it's like an alien ship landing into the neighborhood. See, what I really liked about you starting that statement was the the old political adage of, you know, planting a tree that you that you will never sit under because you know that's the point of politics that you make things better. Even if you can't experience the positive benefits of the future, people can. So when you started, you know, Lily Chang's, when you plant a blank, I'm thinking, oh, she's going to talk about the tree that she can't sit under. Uh, Aliens will park. The fuck are you talking? Lily, what? Aliens in the neighborhood. Lily Chang. I mean, in fact, the way that we use alien to refer to um, uh, immigrants, and I I assume that she's not using them in this capacity, but it's like, holy shit, Lily Chang, what the fuck are you saying? Especially being a minority herself. It's, It's just a very silly way to frame whatever her objection is. In fact, framing it like that, I can say to you, Matthew, what even is her objection? 
I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> so I was fast forwarding a bit. I missed it, but I, I put I wrote it down. Counselor Carol and Counselor Perusa get into it. <laughs> but I tried I to the go, context. I tried to go back and find it and I kept skipping over it. Fucking YouTube. YouTube should have like uh like you know, if if you have Netflix and Disney and Prime, you know that you can rewind 10 seconds and fast forward 10 seconds. But with YouTube, you have to slide the bar with Oh yeah. Well, fuck and that. depending on how long, how many hours it is, like the the, the difference is like if you try to just like a little bit, that's like five minutes. Okay, so back to the police discussion that they started uh, the day before but never finished. Uh, They're discussing hate crime and hate speech. In my opinion, uh, I think what we need to do is have a universal definition of hate crime and a universal definition of hate speech. Because everybody, including all three levels of government, have their own fucking definition. And and there may be similarities, but it's never the same definition. That's Something my makes opinion. It harder to uh no, I, I agree with you. It it makes it harder to sort of because after gauge all, how serious the situation is. Because after all, an argument I I feel an argument can be made that a husband killing his wife is a hate crime. I don't see why not. Or I mean, but we also have a specific term for that kind of murder anyways so maybe hate crime is uh you really have to hate someone to kill them don't (laughs) i mean no isn't that the ultimate hate crime anyway they finished talking the day talking about bradford's project of returning toboggating to uh 45 hills or whatever it is and i'm pretty sure it passed i don't know i was fast forwarding at this point because you guys have no idea how hard it is to go through. Each council meeting is like eight plus hours. I'm fucking, I got, you know, I, I love this podcast. I'm not complaining. I love the podcast. I love that you guys are listening. I love it all. But at the end of the day, I've got two jobs, three kids, and it's a lot to sit there and listen and take notes. So, yes, I was fast forwarding here and there. But I think that this is a good, um, review of the meeting and you know i I, man we're gonna keep doing this as often as we can uh i had fun doing it i wish i could have been even more in depth no i didn't get every vote like uh the city hall watcher does but um yeah because now apparently you know it caught she you know nunziata made one comment and then uh i'm gonna throw it to you for february 14th meeting she goes, someone should do a report on how much money it costs every time you guys want a recorded vote. How does that cost any fucking money? You're already there in the building. <laughs> that was the conclusion of the February 6th and 7th City, Hall, uh, City Council Hall meetings. And now we're going to move very briefly to February 14th. Whatever we don't cover today. We'll uh, we'll hit on the next uh, episode of the municipals, uh, Phil. I, I'm I'm gonna throw it to you. I think people have heard me talk enough. <laughs> All right, now I think everyone understands my position on the police budget in the city, um, the media, not not widespread media. I'm referring specifically to Brian Lilly, uh, 
pretending as if Olivia Chow was cutting the police budget. So at the budget meeting, we found out that Olivia Chow was actually very open to giving the police everything they want. And I could make a stance about how apparently the lesson we should take away from this is that bullying works and that's how you can get your your funds increased. And I don't see how other uh, public public groups in the city, I don't know why they don't just do the same thing as the Toronto Police does. Just say, we're not going to do our jobs until you give us more money. Anyways, I after this disappointing revelation, I sent an email to the mayor as well as my counselor. So I'm going to read that. Um, you know, that'll... It'll be short. It's fine. It's, it is what it is. All right. Hi, counselor friend Parthi. Hi, hopefully future new gossip friend Mayor Chow. Sidebar. I want you guys to understand that I'm trying to be very positive when I write these emails now. Because I used to just write these in anger. In the moment where I was so mad, I never got a response. I don't think I should have to change my behavior to get a response. But I am trying. So that's, I do refer to them. I mean, again, I do think highly of Parthi. I do think well of Olivia Chow for the most part. So when I say it, it's, you know, a bit jokey, but also sort of serious. Anyways, I will continue. I realize as you are both currently in the council chambers that this message is simply too late. However, I would just like to express my disappointment in the willingness to give the Toronto police their requested budget increase after a two-month campaign where they talked about their failures and somehow presented it as being a failure of the city to give them adequate cash. This is ridiculous. It also seems to go against what has been shown as the public response to the budget. 10% support an increase versus the 43% that support a decrease. Quick sidebar once again. Uh, this comes from a City of Toronto slide that they presented at their public consultations. Now, I'm pretty sure those numbers come from their phone-in consultation because the options they showed were the same ones that we were presented with when we were part of the call-in public consultation. That's what I think that's what that is. Anyways, that's where I think those numbers come from there. So why are we still working so hard to placate a force that doesn't seem to ever have to prove themselves? If I had to glance into my crystal ball, I might suggest that simply giving in this year will have the adverse effect of saying out loud, hey, whining from a heavily compensated police force will overcome public consultation every time. What are the odds that we're actually going to get improved response times from this? I have my doubts. I don't think I have a lot more thoughts on this one today, folks. Just thought I'd let you know where I stand on this one. Certifiably unhappy. Still, I hope my criticism is read as a continuation of my desire to see the city be better for those of us who are struggling. Well done. That is a that was a relatively short email, all things considered. That's well done. And um, you know, they passed the budget. That's the spoiler alert. And um, the the police got all the money they were asking for. You know, and like next time. We can maybe find some things that we think are good, positive things about the budget. But for today, I'm going to talk about that I'm mad about capitulating to the police. I'm right there with you, even though my reasons are different. Um, I agree we shouldn't reward mediocrity. 
But as a whole, to begin with, the police need to be held in check. They need to be completely uh, 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 gone through their budget. Everybody that does overtime, that needs overtime needs to be outlawed out completely. And a few departments need to get shut down. You need to take 911 away from their control, merge it with 311. You need Absolutely to, agree. You need to retire the mounted unit. I'll say that. Agree. And then I don't know what else because obviously I'm not in the police department, but I, I'm pretty sure I could find where, listen, where there is, I, I've, I, I, this may be an unfair analogy, but I think it, it works here. In a building where you find one cockroach, there's a hundred more. So where you can find a little bit of savings, you can always find more. Not only would we be able to hire more police officers because we only have 540 officers, which the lady couldn't even tell the counselor who asked the question, I can't remember, as of today, how many officers, the fucking jobber, the job guy, job lady, couldn't say who, what? Wasn't anyway. that the chief of police? <laughs> no, it was the other, it was the job lady. Okay, okay. I was like, is the, the chief of police girl. the jobber? It was the, it was the job girl. But anyway, that's going to do it for me and Philip today. Extra long episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Phil and I, obviously, we enjoy every time we get together. Uh, we're going to have lots more to talk about in the next two weeks. So thank you guys for tuning in. For Philip, for me, thank you guys. We'll see you next week, next episode. Well, not next week, but next episode with fresh new content. And welcome to another jam-packed edition of the Municipals. Rising taxes are probably a reality. I'm a big advocate of change. Not change for change's sake. Change when something isn't working. I'm sure the NDP wishes that they had a less embarrassing federal partner to work with right now. Don't vote, can't pitch. The moment we go to an election is the end of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau.